Smarties, today we are so excited to welcome an educational therapist from Steph's team at My Ed Therapist to the podcast. Allie Guided joins us today to talk about what brought her to educational therapy and how she was looking for something to help inspire and create change in the population that she worked with. She shares her ideas about confidence, how it impacts core beliefs, and directly relates to learner effort. She also shares her tips and tricks on how to help learners create confidence in themselves. If you are interested in having your learner work with a clinician at My Ed Therapist, go ahead and sign up for a phone call at www.myedtherapist.com. Of course, you can also sign up with my practice, CAP Educational Therapy Group at www.capedtherapy.com. We specialize in learners with ADHD and executive functioning skills challenges. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 275 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today I am so proud and honored and excited to have a team member from my ed therapist, my practice. Please welcome Allie Guiden to the show. Hi, Allie. Hi. So happy to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. You're a wealth of knowledge, and I think people are going to learn a lot of things from you today. So let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you came into finding educational therapy? So I've been doing educational therapy since early 2019. And then prior to that, I was working as a therapist. So I started with getting my undergraduate degree in psychology from Berkeley and then my master's in marriage and family therapy from USC. And then I worked in different treatment centers for about four or five years, but I was really finding that I was helping clients create change, but I wasn't, I saw a hole where I could help them a little bit more with more hands-on change. And also seeing that if a lot of help was given maybe at a younger age, that it could have prevented certain issues coming up later in life, or maybe it would have helped create more change. So it was like uh, less severe challenges that they were facing, especially in the areas of like executive functioning and helping people like reaching their goals and knowing how to do day-to-day tasks. And I was doing a lot of research because I was wanting to create a change. And that's when I found educational therapy. And this just seemed like the perfect fit because it's really doing hands-on support that's giving people like tangible things that they can do day-to-day to be able to create bigger change over time. And that's what really drew me into it. And then not only that, I also had like a tie to wanting to help students because I really feel there's so much that can come from building confidence at a young age, from gaining mastery of certain tools at a young age that can really change the trajectory of their life and where they're going. And even just feeling like hope for the future of what's possible for them, like what they could do as a career or going to college or having more options available that they may not have known that they had available had they not have gotten certain help when they were going through school. 100%. So then how did you find my ed therapist and stuff? What was that like? I was just looking at all of the jobs available and anything that would be a match to my background. And then I saw my ed therapist and I think I emailed Stephanie maybe like two or three times because <laughs> I was like, this is the perfect fit I wanted. It was something that I just knew intuitively that it was going to be the right fit for it because it sounded like my background would provide a unique approach to me helping students. But I was also wanting to learn 
new skills and be able to like grow and develop in a different way. So it just really seemed like the perfect fit. Got it. So then you joined the team and today you are here to talk to us about building learner confidence. So when Steph invited you to come on the podcast, why was this the topic that you wanted to talk about? I was really thinking of themes that I've seen throughout the last couple of years early on as with starting therapy, just themes that I've seen within all of the clients that I've worked with that I think would be so helpful for people to have more of an understanding and things that would really help change their life. Because I feel like if we come from a place where we're lacking confidence, lacking insight of our own abilities, or not really believing in ourselves, no matter what change we wish to create, it's just going to make it 10 times harder. And so that's kind of like, like a fundamental tool I think we all need to have to be able to know how to create the confidence. Why is this important? Why is helping learner confidence a major theme within educational therapy and the work that we do? When someone comes in to educational therapy or just a student in general, a lot of times there's been a history of disappointments, letdowns, not feeling like they have the confidence or the tools or the skills to be able to perform the way that they maybe know they're capable of or want to be able to perform. So I feel like it starts to lead into core beliefs. You know, who am I? What does this mean? What does this make me? And we, if we start to form core beliefs that tell us we're not good enough, we're not capable, all of this, it kind of spills over into the work that we're able to do. But if we're able to build that up and shift our core beliefs and shift our confidence, then we're going to start to see ourselves perform better. Because if we have a student who knows that they want to do better in school, but they might not necessarily have the confidence or the belief in themselves that they're able to do that, but they can work with someone who can help them shift those core beliefs, create new ones, and like challenge maybe some of the negative self-talk or thoughts that they have they're going to start to feel more confident, maybe take a little bit more risk of like trying new study strategies or even like believing in themselves that they can do it. And you're going to see more effort because a lot of times, and I have a couple clients I'm working with right now where I've seen this, where they'll say, oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But I know internally it really does matter. And I'll vocalize that for them because sometimes people can't vocalize it or it feels vulnerable to vocalize it. And I'll say, I just want to challenge that. Like, I don't know if it's that you really don't care or that you care, but if you say that and it doesn't work out the way you want to, then it's going to feel even worse so that we can start to identify like what's at the core of it. Because if we don't work on that or talk about it or touch on that, we're going to be missing a huge component to be able to help create that change and build the confidence that they really want to have. So let's talk about an example. Let's talk about a typical high school learner comes in, give me the profile. What's happening when you first see them? If it's a high school student, there's probably been a series of maybe negative feedback they've received from teachers, parents getting frustrated with them. Unsuccess as we call it. Yeah. Yeah. And things where they start to feel like maybe I'm not capable of this, or I just don't know how to do it. It looks so easy for other people. How do I do it? And they might've even tried different things on their own. Like a lot of times, even right now, I have a student that I've been working with who will tell me that they rewrite their notes over over and over. And they're like, I don't know why it just won't stick. But I think what's happening is when they're rewriting notes, it's kind of more in like a mindless... Yeah, it's not active. Yeah, not active studying, not where they're doing something. So they're seeing themselves put all of this effort into studying and not seeing the result as the outcome, where then the feedback they're getting from the world, from the tests, from teachers, from frustration with parents is, why aren't you 
doing this. This isn't working. You know, they start to feel like it's something within themselves that maybe makes them like not as smart as other people, not as capable as other people. There's something inherently wrong with them. Yeah. They start to internalize it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I'm not smart enough or I'm not capable of this. Like, you know, it's easier for other people, not me. Especially when they have a successful sibling or have a high IQ and expectations are set. All of those things. This episode's coming out in August, right at the beginning of the new school year. And why would you say this is an important conversation to have at the start of a new school year? I'd say it's an important conversation at the beginning of the school year because it's going to set the foundation for how the student does throughout the year. Because if we can work on that and identify maybe some of the challenges that are leading to low confidence or low confidence as a learner, like not really knowing how they learn their best, I feel like there's a huge gap that's going to be missing that if that's addressed, it could create a whole different experience for them this year. Because even just validating that part and the experience that they've had in the past, but talking about how that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be their future level of confidence, experience, core beliefs, all of that. It gives us a starting off point to be able to talk about, well, how would you want to feel? And they know how they want to feel. We can say, okay, what steps can we get take to get there. So it kind of creates that roadmap of if we're starting low confidence, we want to end up in this different place, then I can help them navigate that, talk about what's going on, because that's a conversation that I think is helpful in every session of just what happened, what went well, what didn't go well, how did it affect how you're feeling? Because how we're feeling also then impacts the amount of effort we put out and how much work we're doing and how invested we are in creating change. It influences all of those factors. So being able to talk about that at the beginning of the year is going to set the stage for so much growth that they might not have otherwise. But at what point in your relationship do you start having these conversations with your learners? I feel like a lot of that's individualized depending on someone's personality, openness, how shy someone is versus how open someone is. But I feel like no matter what, I'll approach it with all of the students, but my approach might different depending on who the student is, because I also want to speak to the student in a way that they're going to hear me and that they're going to feel safe talking about it and comforted talking about it. And like, it's like an okay space to explore this. Yeah. So I would say I start this fairly early on, but it just depends on the student themselves because I want to create a safe space for them to be able to work through this. And she works with a lot of adults as well Mm -hmm. that are trying to achieve goals in their careers or keep their job or trying to go back to school or are in school. There's a lot of this that continues. Yeah, of course. There's so much disentanglement of these narratives the longer that you go with these narratives, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And it could just be a matter of not having the skill set. It's that whole idea of when you know better, you do better. And so this gives them the opportunity to know how to do better too and have those conversations. That's where I feel like your MFT background really comes into being particularly meaningful too. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Because sometimes too, it's like, I know what's going on underneath the surface and I know like certain people might not be able to put words to it, but I can help put words to it for them. And then they're like, yes, that's me. Yes. That's what experiencing. Yes. And then once I get that, I'm like, okay, great. Now let's work on it. But that's a great point bringing up the adult clients that I work with too, because I feel like with adults, it's a definitely a different approach and it's a different conversation because there's going to be 
just a different level of like evolvement that's been there through different life experiences and career, but being able to say, okay, let's pinpoint exactly what we want to work on and how we're going to shift this so that you feel like you have the tools to feel confident to approach things in certain ways. And even pulling on experiences, like has there ever been a time that things have worked out well for you? You did feel confident. How can we recreate that in another situation? Or if it hasn't ever, you know, they haven't had those experiences. Imagine what that would look like. And how do we create this? Because then that also puts in, you know, that piece that they can kind of visualize for themselves, like what they want to see for themselves and where we want to get to. So we can create that roadmap. So, okay, let's talk about creating the confidence in a learner. What are some things that we can do to create that confidence and build it? Any small win that students have, we really want to celebrate that. Like say, for instance, I have someone I'm thinking of right now that I'm working on confidence with. And if we were to break down how many things go well in a week versus how many things you know this person would feel like doesn't go well in a week they're going to be more inclined to focus on what didn't go well compared to what did go well. And so I really help them highlight, well, what went well, what led to that going well, and how did that feel so that this person can come to a place where like she acknowledges the wins too, because if she doesn't acknowledge the wins and recognize it, that's not going to help us create any change. But also just knowing what steps to take, I think is going to be a huge part of it because a lot of times people don't know what to do and that's where they come to us, right? That's where we can help guide them and give tools and give support of, you know, let's try this. We can model it in session. We can show them, we can help them feel like prepared to try it on their own. And also giving the realistic expectation of it might not all go as planned. And I always give this like little disclaimer, like it might not all go as perfectly as planned and that's okay. That's to be expected, but let's focus on the wins that come up embracing those mistakes, right? Definitely. Because we can also learn from that. If something didn't go well, then what led to that? And how can we learn from that? So it's also normalizing that. And then even just like, depending on if it's going to help the student, I'll like disclose how I've overcome, you know, a similar challenge, like in school, when I was in school or, you know, in work with organization or whatever it may be, because that normalizes it too, to say like everybody experiences challenges and setbacks, but also like, how do we face that when it comes up and having that conversation? Right, of course. And I think that a lot of the learners that we work with, because of what we do, they think we haven't experienced those challenges, or we haven't made those mistakes. Like, we talk about this all the time on the podcast of like, when we have an executive functioning failure, like our clients love it yeah they're like ah see and you're like it's really important to like just see like yes because I'm human Mm -hmm. and this is part of the human experience it's not just unique to you I think it's really important to thoughtfully be able to have those conversations with learners what else would you do to sort of help build those small successes into bigger success and build that learner confidence well definitely like we talked about learning from mistakes we talked about a little bit of the mindset. There was a term that I used with someone this week because I feel like a lot of the mindset around creating change was like very pessimistic. So I was like, what would it look like if it if we took like a realistic, optimistic approach to the week? Because that also gives us that balance to know like not everything's going to go perfect and we can create a space where if something doesn't go wrong, how do we pick ourselves up in that moment? Because sometimes too, it'll take an entire week where something will go wrong, it'll make someone, you know, not feel confident in themselves, but then they'll wait a week to be able to come in and talk about it. So having those discussions, how do we handle it in the moment and having tools 
to be able to know how to manage that is going to be really helpful too. Because if we don't have those tools in the moment or we don't know what to do if something doesn't go as planned, then that can delay some of the progress that we could make in creating more confidence. Because I even say like picking ourselves up after something doesn't go as planned, like that in itself is a win and being able to take the time to take care of our emotions, do some self-care, have the tools that we need, but then the next day say, okay, it's a fresh start. Let's start over again. That's awesome. And that's going to create more confidence too. Just knowing that people have the ability to work through challenges or emotions or whatever it is that comes up. So what's another way that we can build some confidence in our learners? Encouraging learners to ask questions and normalizing questions. A lot of times when we talk about tools or strategies or set up goals for the week, I'll ask if students have any questions and I'll also encourage that. And I'll try to think of loopholes or like holes in the plan that we've created that a student might have questions on because sometimes people are afraid to ask questions because they think that'll make them look, you know, that feeds into the low self-confidence. Like, I don't know this. I should know this. Does this make me look dumb? Those kinds of things, like the self-conscious questions that we might have within ourselves when we go to ask questions, because normalizing that and getting someone to feel comfortable asking questions and clarifying what they need to do or what happens if they're not sure what to do is going to go so far because this even translates into asking teachers questions, because what if they don't understand a concept or they need to go to office hours and ask questions to get clarification? Like it's a great thing to start practicing it with someone that they feel really comfortable with. But this is something that I can even go over with them. And if there's a concept that I know that they're having a hard time with saying, well, how can we approach your teacher and even like role or modeling how to ask those questions so that they get comfortable and having experience asking those questions can be really helpful. Agreed. And so how do they work on getting the mindset that they need to build that confidence and be more successful? I usually start by just asking them how comfortable they feel asking questions, how comfortable they feel asking me questions. I'll model a lot of it too and just kind of normalize like, well, if it was me, I might be thinking this or I might have a question on on how to do this on a certain thing we're talking about, which usually encourages more questions. But I think just like addressing it at the core, like how comfortable are you asking teachers questions? Is it kind of intimidating? Do you feel nervous before you ask teachers questions? And like with me going there and asking that, I think it also space to be able to have open discussions. And then I'll sometimes like self-disclose too. Like I remember, you know, what it was like asking a teacher questions. And, you know, sometimes I had, or I had this experience at one point, but I found that by asking questions, we can get so much more help and it's not really as intimidating as we think it is. And then also just talking about like the process of change and the more you do something, the more comfortable you get with it and the easier it starts to become just to help get them a little bit more comfortable. And depending on where the starting off point, and this is like very individualized per person, we might even just, if it's asking teachers clarifying questions, start with email if that feels a little bit safer compared to in-person or sometimes in-person feels more comfortable. But I want to explore all of that to see what the best way to approach it is going to be like for each client that I work with. You had a really good example before we pressed record about mindset. So give us that example, and then we can talk about it a little bit more. So when we think of the mindset that we're in, and this is where I was talking about the realistic optimist mindset with someone this week, because if we go into a test with a mindset, I'm going to fail, this isn't going to go well, we're kind of setting the stage for us to not do well. And we're giving that expectation compared to if we go into 
a test with the mindset of I'm going to do my best or I've done my best to study. Let's see how this goes or going into a test, telling ourselves that this is going to go well. The different mindsets that we can have positive versus neutral versus negative is going to influence how we prepare for a test, how well we do on a test, how much effort we put into a test, or I mean, really anything that we do, it doesn't necessarily have to be a test. So I think working on checking in with where we are in our mindset, what's leading to this mindset and how we can shift it to a mindset that's going to serve us better is going to be such a huge transition to and just supporting a greater level of confidence and a confidence that's going to you know support us more in being able to reach our goals. A hundred percent agree. You know, we've talked about some on the podcast, but I think you really talking about how important confidence is and how important mindset can be in leading to success and what does success really look like and how is it actually defined for each person and student is really important. So I'm so glad that you have shared some of this stuff. It reminds me to do this for myself. So thank you for that. Yeah. Holly, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come and share your expertise with us. And I know it's going to give us all an opportunity to pause and reflect and think back and also think forward for the learners that we're all working with in terms of being very intentional about how we're incrementally building their confidence or helping them really to build their confidence. Mm -hmm. So thank you for taking the time to come on. Thank you guys for having me. Can you do our signature sign off, which is have a great week, Smarties? Uh, Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week. Have a great week.